0: This is the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Wednesday, October 27th of 2021. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, here to practice the art, the craft, and the sport of podcasting. It's good to be here and practice my podcasting for the 249th consecutive day in a row. That's a little redundant, but I like saying it. And I'm literally practicing. This is where I take some time each and every single day to talk in this same microphone. And, you know, what I'll say is just anyone's guess. Some of it is good. Some of it is mediocre. Some of it is just plain bad. And the, the worst stuff I edit, because I do edit this podcast, that's part of the practice, is editing. And that's why this is called the Podcast Practice Show. You can find more over at dailypodcastpractice.com. National Podcast Post Month, or NAPOD POMO, starts this coming Monday November 1st just uh, five days away and I will of course continue podcasting during this event I'm going to continue podcasting every day during all of November that was my plan from a long time ago so so napod pomo isn't really a change for me but still I'm I'm officially participating and and that's kind of neat I take some pride in that I think Napod Pomo is about as close as we get to uh to competitive podcasting. I think. And so when we talk about this sport of podcasting, which is part of what my podcast about, we have to in- include Napod Pomo. Today is game 2 of the World Series of the Major League Baseball League in the United States of America. The Atlanta Braves won yesterday's game against the Houston Astros six to two. I think that was a score. And we'll see how they do tonight. I am not much of a baseball fan. In fact, I'm not anything of a baseball fan, but I live in Atlanta, right? And the Atlanta Braves that's our team. That's the local team. And they're in the World Series. So I gotta say something, right? I mean, Getting into the World Series is a big deal, and they were a little bit of a Cinderella team getting in there. They you know, some people bet against them and they, they lost money. So I'm proud of the Braves. I'm I'm a local fan, and I hope they do well. Heck, I hope they I hope they win it. Today is also National American Beer Day. <laughs> yeah, national American beer day. Just domestic brews, none of this foreign stuff. So I think, according to Wikipedia, I don't know where I got this stuff. D.G. Yingling Yingling and son (laughs) is the oldest domestic brewery in the country. They've been making beer since 1829 in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. I don't even know where Pottsville is. I should know. So they've been doing it darn near 200 years. That's a lot of beer. And in 2018, they placed at number one in the Brewers Association list of the top 50 craft brewing companies in America. I seem to recall that their story is one of maybe almost going out of business. And then one of the family members in succession figured out how to revive it, maybe through good marketing or or just sheer will. I I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look up that Yingling story. I know they make a a mighty fine beer, and I don't mind drinking it at all when when it's available. So as of 2019, there are over 7,000 breweries that produce beer in the United States. You got your industry giants like Miller Coors, although I think they're owned by an overseas corp. So I'm not sure that we can call them domestic. But anyhow, they're the big boys. Miller's, uh, Budweiser, those those folks, and then you got smaller local brew pubs and micro breweries. I know that we have one or two, or even three maybe, right cheer in Forsyth County, although I haven't visited any of them, but I've heard from friends that several of them are mighty fine, and one of these days when the COVID is maybe way, way down, and not to be worried about, I might just wander out into a local micro brewery and taste some of the local fare. As they say in these parts, I might ought to do that. Happy National American Beer Day, y'all. Let's go look at some birthdays. Born on this day in 1925 in New York City. New York City! American electrical engineer and inventor Albert Medwin. And I'm reading now from Wikipedia, the free multilingual open collaborative online encyclopedia created and maintained by a community of volunteer contributors using a wiki-based editing system. Albert holds several U.S. patents, including ones in the field of electronic encoders. This is not the Superman encoder ring, okay? This is a little bit more sophisticated than that. He was involved in the early development of integrated circuits while working at the Radio Corporation of America, also known as RCA, in Somerville, New Jersey. In the 1960s, he led an engineering group that developed the world's first low-power complementary metal oxide semiconductor chips, also known as CMOS chips, C-M-O-S, including... (laughs) Hold on to your socks, folks! Including a high-speed shift register. He also led the RCA group that introduced the 4000 series CMOS integrated circuit to the market. Good for you. I have no idea what that means. I I mean, I guess it was special. I do know that these chips were used in the early electronic calculators. And boy, I certainly do appreciate that because electronic calculators made my life in engineering college classes so much easier. I started my engineering college education in 1971 using a slide rule. And about 73 3 maybe early 74 I went to an electronic calculator because <laughs> the uh the professor in my gosh what class was it I think it was dynamic fluids it was I know it was fluid flow related anyhow he said well it's a long story he just convinced me I needed to get an electronic calculator I passed that on to my father who forked out the money. Dad, thanks again for sending me to college and paying all the bills. And Mom, too, because I know you went to work to get the money to do that. They took really good care of me, both of them. So thanks for that. Back to Albert Medwin, the Wikipedia article doesn't say anything about where he got his engineering education in electrical engineering. And I just kind of wonder. So being that he was from New York and he went to work In New Jersey, he might have gone to Rutgers. That's a good engineering school. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to consider that he went to Rutgers. Not that it matters. I just wonder. Albert died on October 26, 2020. That's a year ago. A day short of his 95th birthday. Hmm. Sounds like a good life. So, happy birthday, Albert. And thanks for making those chips that have made our lives more, well, more interesting. And maybe even better. Let's take a question from this list of 350 mediocre questions to ask when you don't know what else to do. You know, the thought occurred to me today since I'm being kind of critical of this list of questions, I ought to make my own darn list of questions. And I just might, I just might do that. I'll put that on my bucket list. And then some future podcaster who does a daily podcast can find that list and and he can rag on it or she can rag on it for a little bit and criticize me. I'll do that. I'm I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Okay, onward. Here we go. Number 145. What life skills are rarely taught but extremely useful? Oh gosh. There have to be a ton of them. And I would say these are societal skills, right? Life skills like how to get along with people? And I'd say that's one of them, just how to get along with people. How to make conversation with people, how to be engaging, how to find out about other people. Another one is uh, is how to uh, how to live a good life, how to how to save your money, how to live within your means. Heck, how to balance a checkbook. I don't know that that's taught very well. I'm impressed by a YouTube channel that I became aware of mm, in the past two months, probably. The channel is named Dad. How do I? And I don't know the name of the guy who does the channel, but he's a very dad-like figure. And he's got 3.6 million subscribers to watch videos that he does about how to tie a necktie, how to change the oil in a car, how to, oh gosh, I, I should look at the list. But these are very simple things. And if you read the comments about the videos, you see that people aren't just just so grateful for knowing how to do these things, but also they see him as the father figure, the father they never knew, the Internet dad, right? And I'm sure there's a similar need for an Internet mom, just grown-ups who pass along these life skills to people who are, so hungry for them because they didn't get them. And I guess those are the life skills that aren't taught to everyone but need to be taught because they are so extremely useful. And that that's my answer to the question. That YouTube channel again is Dad How, How Do I? And I'm going to put a link there. And if you have a minute, go take a look. And if for no other reason, just enjoy it for the the one dad joke that he always... <laughs> gives at the beginning of each video. They're they're bad. <laughs> they're bad dad jokes, really. <laughs> that is all for today. We're gonna wrap this up. I don't I have no idea what we'll wrap it up in, but I got a bunch of stuff around here. I'll find something. And then we'll stick a fork in it because that's what we do when it's done. I am Rich Grimshaw and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.